you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Verse 14, I should say. Here for the third time, I'm ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden. For what I seek, for I seek not what is yours, but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? But granting that I myself did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. Did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ and all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish. That perhaps there will be quarrelling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of their impurity sexual immorality and sensuality that they have practised. This is the third time I'm coming to you. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. I warned those who sinned before and all the others, and I warn them now while absent, as I did when present on my second visit, that if I come again, I will not spare them, since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me. He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we are also weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realise that this is about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet that test? I hope you'll find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may do, you may not do wrong, not that we may appear to have met the test, but that Mm. you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. For this reason I write these things while I'm away from you, that when I come... I may not have to be severe in my use of the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not tearing down. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And God of love, peace be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Josh. Good morning, church. 
I think I've got the most cheerful chapters in all of 2 Corinthians so far. But can I ask you a challenging question? When was the last time you had to say a final goodbye? Have you had to farewell a dear friend recently? Or have one of your children finally moved out and left home, moved away for uni or work? Perhaps it's a loved one who's recently passed away. Let me ask you a deeper question on this. How was that experience? Was it easy? Was it hard? How did you feel when that friend or child moved away? Was the process easy or complex? How did that go after saying goodbye? I ask you this today because we will be hearing Paul's final words to the church that he planted. Because for him, it's like being a parent, saying goodbye to his children. And as we heard from last week, Paul has been sharing about his visions and praying for his thorn in the flesh. And he's been speaking to the Corinthian church, boasting none other than his weaknesses to promote the power of Christ. But what does he say next? What are his final words in this epic letter to the two Corinthians? More importantly, how does Paul plead with the Corinthians? And because we're in Jesus, us as Christians, as a spiritual parent, to assure us in our faith. Before we dive into the text, Let's ask God for much-needed help. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this 2 Corinthians series. This is a challenging word, but Father, I pray that it would help us examine ourselves well, that we may be assured in our faith in Christ Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's going to be no mucking around this morning. Let's look at two important themes. Number one, a spiritual parent to the test. And number two, finally, assurance in surrender. So let's look at our first one here. A a spiritual parent to the test. And I just want to front load this. I want to acknowledge that this theme may bring up a mix of experiences But I hope for most of us, we either know how much our parents have done for us, or we've seen godly parents take care of their parental duties. Because as we see Paul in this letter, we're reminded of everything he's done for the church in Corinth, like as if they were his very own children. But how does he do this? He asks for them to examine his behavior and look at the enduring gospel that he has been proclaiming to them. Look at chapter 12, verse 16 to 18. I myself did not burden you. I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. Did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent you? 
I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Do we not walk in the same steps? For us as parents or anyone who served in a position of power, have you ever reminded your children or those who serve over you or below you why they must listen to you? You might feel like you're repeating yourself, aren't you? Because I am your mother. Or because I am your father. To quote, quote Star Wars. Or you reflect on your own experience while growing up. You felt like your mother and father stated their identity only as a means to tell you to do your homework or to completely destroy your social life. It's starting to ring those words, isn't it? Be home before 9 p.m. on a weeknight. Thinking they were just saying this just because they could. I wish I had 20 minutes extra, I don't, to explain my experience of having two Asian parents, but I'll save you from that. It's a bit of a physics lesson. There's a fly swat making contact with my bottom. I won't tell you how frequent that was, being disciplined as a youth. Our, our siblings called it cardio. But seriously, I, I want to be caring. And I'm sure some of us have grown up with some difficult experiences. But as a caring adult, and any caring parent knows, stating and defending your identity and authority is meant for good. And sometimes it's actually important to explain why. But it does take a while to sink in, doesn't it? But you mean it out of love. And so here, so does Paul. Listen to verse 19 in chapter 12. Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It's in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ. And all for your upbuilding, beloved. You can hear the mixture of heartbreak and love of a parent like Paul. But look how reassuring he is. Like a spiritual father in verse 14 to 15. Take a look. Here for the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden. I seek not what is yours, but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. I don't know about you, but this reminds me of my father, perhaps one of the hardest working people that I will ever know. The last thing on his mind was to burden me with sorting taxes paying the land rate as it came up in the year, or chipping away at house repayments while growing up. In the same way, Paul is reminding the church in Corinth that he's not going to burden them with his financial ministry need. Because after all, he's a kind of spiritual parent to this church plant. And Paul has spent his entire life caring some of them like ungrateful kids, 
Some have fallen in the wrong crowd. And Saul and Paul has seen some of them in danger of moving away from Jesus. But what does it mean for us? How do we use this to help examine and assure us in the faith? This reminded me of a phone call that I had recently. Running out of the excitement of becoming an uncle last week. I know, I'm so excited. I'm going to be the coolest uncle ever. I've designated my name as Legend. All right? I think you can't top that. But this call, I was listening to one of my closest friends care for his newborn. I was leaning in, I was interested, full of excitement, expecting how being a father was teaching him joy and faith in the last year. But to my surprise, my close friend shared how he was just feeling completely miserable and in the lowest of lows. Talk about a wet blanket of reality. <laughs> he was feeling discouraged trying to juggle a full-time job, his car suddenly breaking down, trying to be a loving parent, feeling like a mediocre support to his wife, trying to serve at his local church and be a gospel witness to unsaved family members. But he was honest. He was vulnerably insecure and felt like a complete failure as a father, a husband, and a Christian to his family. I wonder if you can relate to that in recent times. Maybe as a parent, a spiritual mentor, or a disciple of Jesus. But yet, as I listened to him, I was not dampened by his sharing. In my head, all I could think about was encouraging him, thinking about how proud I was of him, especially as he humbly confessed his shortcomings and his perceived inadequacies. But why was I so proud? Why was I so proud of him? I left out a little detail. Like one of my best friends, we share something in common. We both haven't grown up with Christian fathers. And all I could think about was God shaping this man with a loving, strengthening discipline. It rings a bell, doesn't it? Look, at, look with me at Hebrews 12, 3 to 7. Verse 7 of Hebrews 12. It is for discipline that you endure God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? As we know, as parents, spiritual mentors, a follower of Jesus, we face testing times, don't we? But there also may be times where we need to explain strong boundaries or have to discipline those around us in a biblical manner. But ultimately, it's not to point to our authority or our goodness that we possess. But it's actually to point all glory to our ultimate spiritual parent, 
and heavenly Father that we have in Christ. Returning back to my close mate with the firstborn, I wanted to remind him that God was so proud of him as a father and that we share a heavenly father, loving, strong, and wanted to encourage him as a man and a son. He's doing better than he realised. Can you think of passing that on to someone who needs that encouragement? Maybe today you came here, you're looking back at your week or month and you're feeling like a complete failure or inadequate in your walk as a Christian or a Christian parent. Maybe your week at work has been disastrous and you're feeling worried about particular family situations or oppressing health concern. Perhaps you might be feeling the difficult tension of seeing one of your children go in a direction that you don't prefer or have envisioned. Can you hear this passage loud and clear today? Look back at verse 15. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Paul recalls the way that he acts like a spiritual parent to remind us of our heavenly Father who sent his son Jesus to be spent for our souls on the cross, that we may have access to unspeakable joy and a perfect parent for eternity. We're reminded of this spiritual parent in God that watches over our lives, assures us, sustains us, provides for us, deeply loves us, no matter what challenges we face. So we've looked at our ultimate spiritual parent. Let's look at our final theme, assurance in surrender. Because Paul continues on in our passage to engage the situation regarding some of the sinners. Why does he do this? Because he's a spiritual father. He wants them all to know the power of Christ, to hear, to see, to be filled. I mean, follow in your Bibles in chapter 13, verse 2 to 4. I warn those who sinned before and all the others... And I warn them now, if I come again, I will not spare them. Since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but powerful among you. For he is crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we live with him by the power of God. Whether Paul is referring to the sinners, the super apostles, or those who have caused division or sexual found in sexual immorality, we don't know for sure. But he challenges them not to take his words lightly. He doesn't want them to take Christ lightly. He desires them to know Jesus and to be filled by him. But why so severe? 
Paul continues to ask his listeners to examine their faith for the sake of their assurance in salvation. This is life and death. He warns them not only to look at their conduct, but to look inwardly to who they live for. Look at verse 5. Examine for yourselves to see whether you were in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you fail to meet the test? I hope you will find that, you, that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not do wrong. Not that we may to appear to be met the test, but you may do what is right, though we have seemed to have failed. Do you feel the weight of these words? I know it challenges me, and at the same time it encourages my heart in Jesus. Look at those words. Paul, as a spiritual parent, wants his readers to feel the weight of it, if not for yourselves, for others. So let me ask you, how does that make you feel? Who do you think of? Does it bring peace, joy, uncertainty, worship, nervousness, or even dread? These verses in 5 to 7 remind me of a time that I was filled with great assurance. But I do have to warn you, a little nerd is about to boast. Fifteen years ago, I reached the height of my academic life. I was over the moon by my latest test result. At the end of year 11, I sat my final biology exam at the end of the year and my results were in. I achieved the highest glory of my academic career. I got 98.5% on my final exam. How about that? But before you start praising my performance, there's a little detail I didn't mention. If you're watching Mr. Lane, no, okay, good. I'm sorry. But in recently moving schools, I was actually repeating Year 11 biology. <laughs> I can see some of your faces turn from affirming to disapproving. Please have some grace on me. One scholar wisely remarked, it's not cheating, it's just repeating. I passed with flying colours. It wasn't my first rodeo. But furthermore, from moving school, from high school to year 11, I had fantastic biology teachers. And just to get a picture of how absurd this was, my biology teacher wasn't only inspiring and engaging, she happened to be a former microbiologist. You might be thinking, oh, I could completely rest assured. I could not fail. And just in case you were already concerned for my lack of humility, I barely 
remember studying for the entire year. Please pray for me. In a similar vein, through Christ, we possess an even greater confidence in Jesus. We can be assured that we will pass the test of faith because Jesus already has. Look at Hebrews 4, 14 to 15. Because that assures us that we don't have to worry about passing trials, challenges, or temptations. And even if we fall, Hebrews 4, 14 to 15, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted or tested as we are, yet without sin. Returning back to our passage in chapters 12 to 13, these are words that the Corinthian church and us today need to hear. Not just for us personally, but thinking about those whom we disciple and we witness to. Because it doesn't take long to think about the ways that we may have started our faith journeys with so much promise than to be discouraged or fall into a disaster. Or perhaps right this moment you're thinking about someone who started out with such a vibrant faith And he's no longer walking with the Lord. What does it mean for us? It reminds us that we need to also assure one another in community. Not just in church today or over the phone, but gathering regularly together. Don't tell any of the other pastors this or my GC for that matter. But when it gets to Wednesday, you know, night when GC's on, I sometimes don't want to go. Sometimes the last thing that is on my mind is coming to my gospel community, especially when I'm exhausted or nervous. And as a deep introvert, All I want to do is excessively enjoy my own company. I know it's selfish, but uh, rather than being around others, but you get there, you get there and you sit down around a table, you're sharing a meal or a bit of supper, and the laughter starts rolling the banter starts flowing. And, well, you know, the occasional fistfight happens after the opening Bible study prayer. No, please, don't take that line seriously. That's my worst nightmare, coming to GC. It hasn't happened in five years, I promise you that. But do you know what I mean? When it comes to connecting in community, when your GC starts unpacking the text of Scripture and discussing genuine life in Jesus and in the gospel. And when you're listening in to people, 
hearing about how they're honestly growing in Christ and how they've been taught wisdom through answered prayers over years or God's sovereignty over life difficulties. You think to yourself, I'm so glad I came to GC tonight. This is why we need spaces to examine ourselves but to also assure and encourage one another because on our own, I'm sure you've experienced it. Some of you, or myself personally, just drowning in doubt or feeling the weight of the sufferings in this world that just make you isolated from gospel truth. Or perhaps when you're in isolation, you let pride creep in, worldly ambition or pity which brings you to spiritual ruin. This is why we have this as Christian scripture. And as the music team come up, listen to verses 9 to 10 in chapter 13. For we are glad when we are weak, and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. For this reason I write these things while I'm away from you, that when I come I may not have to be so severe in my use of authority that the Lord has given for me for building up, not tearing down. Paul desires his Corinthians and us today as Christians to pass the test of faith. And if we need to be restored through the gift of community, not by legalism or good works trying to earn grace, but loving surrender to God through His grace. With this in mind, listen to some of Paul's final words to assure his beloved Corinthians and for us today as Christians. Verse 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this 2 Corinthians series. And it just helps us to hear Paul's words out of his own weakness. But his love as a spiritual parent. One that wants to help us examine and to assure us in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit in the Word. Would you encourage us this week and have gospel confidence being assured we're in Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.